Ladies and gentlemen, it's HodgePodge time. All right, welcome to the HodgePodge podcast. On today, Carly Tuttle. We chat for a little bit about basically the music industry, what we find interesting and fascinating about the music industry. She also talks about how she was president of her high school's FCA, and she talks about how she got second place in her songwriting competition and what Nash Next is and how she was the winner of Nash Next. She is phenomenal. She um, is only 20 years of age. And it's just hitting it, hitting it, hitting it, and going good at it. So, we have a good chat today, and, <clears throat> you know, it gets harder and harder for me to come up with unique questions and hit spots that I've never hit before with with with, with certain guests. And today, I think I hit a good amount of talkative questions on this podcast. Because um, I know in the past, I just asked one simple question. And, you know, that person talks for six minutes about one question. And people complain. And they complain if the person only talks for 30 seconds. That's just the power of talking and, and the power of podcast people. Um, but, no, this this podcast was, was nothing but great. Um, we talk about an hour about music, our favorite musicians, and we talk artists, mu- Netflix, TV, movies, favorite line. We, we even hit the Mandela effect for, for a few seconds there. Um, so go get her new single, That Girl. That's why she's on. She's promoting her new single, That Girl. It is out now. I play it at the very end of the podcast. I'm trying out new sorts, new things to do, new sorts to figure out how I want to do the podcast. You know, I'm trying to hodgepodge it up um, on play of words there so play about 30 seconds of her song at the very end of the podcast before I close it out and yeah so that's it for the introduction here to the podcast if you do like what you're hearing go and give it a 5 star rating um, comment that you liked it and because that makes me move up more on the podcast on iTunes and wherever else you're listening to it. Also, go follow me at I am Mr. Dylan Hodge, and the podcast is at the Hodgepodge Podcast on Instagram. Um, the podcast doesn't have a Twitter. I'm not really on Twitter as much, but if you're listening to the episode, tag me on Instagram stories, and I will repost them. I love seeing people that they're listening to the podcast because to, for me, this is a little podcast that doesn't really get that much views but the views that i do get i'm very thankful for so all right enough of the yip yap let's go over right now to carly tuttle all right so i'm here with carly tuttle she is on the line hey carly what's going on hey how you doing i'm making it so I got you on because someone had, well, there's this new thing on Instagram, and it's like, if you like so many things with like a hashtag on it, like for me, it's like hashtag country music, this new thing will pop up with all these people, 
and you're single, that girl or the clip of it, I guess you had posted it on Instagram, had popped up, and I was like, huh, that's kind of, that's kind of the jam, you know, I like it, and so I figured <laughs> I'd get you on here, and um, we just talk about just talk about you for the day <clears throat> for an hour. Um, that's awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. So. I, I write a bunch of notes down, and, and I don't write any questions, but my first thing, I, note that I have here is, um, you're just like me. You're fascinated by the music industry, how the music industry works, how it goes into making the music, and so what, when did you really get into, like, I want to know what this industry is about, how it works, how it functions? For sure, yeah. I would say... Um, around my senior year of high school when I started, you know, getting serious about college and where I wanted to go, um, I just kind of realized that there wasn't really any industry that I was interested in studying except the music industry. Um, and then I, you know, had always known what Belmont was, Belmont University, um, and then I came here, you know, started my freshman year of college, and I think it was just sitting in those classes where I was learning so much and you know music publishing and even like copyright law and it's all that um and i've really really fallen in love with it so yeah that copyright law thing that that copyright's a jerk to some people like <laughs> like it's like if i was going to play your single on here i would only have to play like 15 to 30 seconds and i have mm-hmm. to be talking about that song and if i play it over it i can do it as long as i want it, it it's it's Sorry, it's rough um so you started playing guitar or taking guitar lessons at eight. Yes, I did. What what was what was the drive behind that? Honestly, when I was that young, I think my mom had kind of wanted us all just to take a lesson of some okay. type of instrument, and so I picked guitar. Um, but I'd always, you know, I've grown up seeing people play guitar. Obviously, having you know music idols and stuff to play guitar so I wanted to learn and so I was like eight and it was really really hard to play the guitar and I kind of hated it because my fingers were small the strings hurt really bad but thankfully my mom really really just pushed me and um, encouraged me and so when I got a little bit older I think like 10 I started to really really be able to play um, and you know sing with it and stuff so yeah it was hard to take guitar at eight but I definitely recommend it because you know if you get started young it's easier to about it right i think i was round about eight nine years when i started taking guitar lessons um and i do agree if you start early then you will be not really advanced when you're older but you will learn, you will know a lot more stuff i think mm-hmm. personally um okay. so four years later you started writing songs um now with 12 so when you were writing these songs were you writing about your cat or was or what or were you like one of those <laughs> people because I've seen people with like I wrote 12 and I wrote about heartbreak and it was like one of the best songs you've ever heard no it was probably more like um, <laughs> fun songs not really super serious um, I mean definitely what I wrote at 12 was not something mm. that I would ever put out <laughs> okay. but they were just fun songs I think it was cool because it really allowed me to explore songwriting on my own without somebody really telling me what mm. to do and like not that there are rules but you know, there are set things you need a verse, a chorus, that type of thing. And when I was 12, I just kind of wrote what I wanted to, which is cool because it just, you know, instilled, like, the creativity in me to do that. And 
I'm, I'm gonna kind of fly by these real quick because I'm gonna I'm gonna get back into them. It's just this this jive that I have. Um, so yeah. another four years later, at 16, you got second place in a songwriting competition. Yes, probably. Um, okay. I honestly okay. don't remember. Okay. Well, my research is sixteen, so I don't. I don't really know if that's that's accurate. But so, how how did that come about? You entering the competition and then getting second place because second place is actually pretty pretty good. Yeah. If this is, I think the one that you're talking about was like an online one. Right. Um, okay. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I had. I'm not really sure if it like came up or if it was an advertisement I saw or what, but I just thought about it and I was like well I just wrote this song and I think it's pretty good so um I put it in it and yeah I ended up getting second place which was it's encouraging when you do something and you're unsure of it and then other people validate that by like sure. people that you don't even know to tell you that it's good um yeah and I think I like won a guitar even which is really cool <laughs> well also if you think about it Taylor Swift was what 16 when she started like Tim McGraw and stuff like that so Getting second place, I mean that's that's not that's not too shabby. I, I, For sure. I think you should be proud of that. Um, Thank you. So you're from Melbourne Beach, Florida. I am. Okay, I have no clue where that's at. Where is that at in Florida? <laughs> it's the East Coast. So um, if you think of like Orlando, we're like an hour east from that, and then we're a couple hours on top of Miami. But um, it's like the southeast coast of Florida. Okay, so what was it like growing up there versus um, Nashville, or if you're in Nashville, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so growing up in Florida, I, you know, my family, they love the water, we love the beach, my dad is like a fisherman, all my brothers are, mm-hmm. so growing up, it was a lot of that, always, and I love that, but I think that I just, from like 13, I knew that I wanted to live in Nashville, I knew that I wanted to be here, so... Mm. It wasn't super hard to leave the beach. I love it, and I miss it sometimes. But, um, you know, Nashville's awesome. It's nice to get seasons. It's really cool to have a fall. Um, and, you know, it's still warm here most of the time, so right. not too, too cold. So does Florida ever get cold? I, I think I've only it been really to, doesn't. <laughs> I think I've only been to Florida once, and I was like maybe three or four at Disney World, so it's not like I ever remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get cold fronts, and maybe it's like... 50 or 60 okay. for a few days, but it does not get any colder than that. <laughs> so the Nashville heat's nothing for you then? No, it, it's definitely more humid here. I kind of miss right, the yeah, breeze yeah. of the ocean, but that's about it. Yeah, it's, it's rough. Like I'm kind of like, I'm in Mississippi, so it's kind of the same okay. same way Tennessee is, like very humid. Like, I mean, it'll be 70 mm-hmm. degrees, you go outside and like smother because it's like 92, it feels like. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. Um, okay, I have some of your, what you, like, your your jobs you held. I Don't think I'm weird. I research all this stuff, and all this stuff comes up. So, you were a nanny in, in 2017. I'm guessing that was when you were in high school trying to make a little cash. Yes. <laughs> okay. Was that a job you'll ever go back to? Did you hate it? Do you like kids? No, I love kids. So I okay. have a ton of cousins. Um, I have a big family. I have a little sister who's only six. Full-time student, and then also sure. trying to do music full-time. Um, but it's not something that I want to do long-term. <laughs> sure, sure. So you were 
also an artist management intern. So what does that entail? I mean, I, I, I know what it entails, but for people that doesn't know what it entails, what is that, what is the job requirements? Yeah, so um, last semester, so spring of 2019, yeah, okay. um, I was an artist management intern with a small a smaller management company here in Nashville, so our roster included um, a couple Christian artists, um, also okay. like authors and things like that. So I basically helped a lot with their social media, um, and like managers kind of do the day-to-day stuff for artists, but then also plan in advance. So I did a lot of like the day-to-day social, a lot of the marketing, marketing things. Um, Okay. You know, everything that you post has to be put up on your Facebook page. So I did a lot of that. I did a lot of, like, bands in town, a lot of song kicks, a lot of all of those websites where you have to, you know, put everything up for a show. So did you have to do that? And, did you have to do that for college, or is that something that you thought about going into and working? Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's, I don't think it's a requirement with my major. I'm a music okay. business major at Belmont, okay. but we have hours that we can take as an intern. So it's awesome because it allows me to, like, really okay. learn what artist management was like. Um, so it was like a class that I took basically. Okay. All right. Um, so you have performed at various places like um, the Grand Ole Opry, the Bluebird Cafe, and the Ford Theater. Um, mm-hmm. This is going to be kind of like a tough question, but I kind of want to know because I haven't had somebody that's, that's played all three on before. Mm-hmm. Which one was the one that you were most excited about performing at? because each of them have kind of like a reason. Okay. Um, I would take the Grand Ole Opry because that's, I played there first and I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to stand in that circle. And that was really, really cool. But then, also the Bluebird is so, so, so like, just everybody knows the Bluebird uh-huh. after every songwriter plays. So, as a songwriter, it was like incredible to play there. Right. Um, but I don't know. I would say probably the Aubrey just because it has more history to it and it really does feel like a sacred place to so, how how did you come upon? Because how does the Grand Ole Opry do? They send you an email, or do they get with your manager or whoever they get with and say, "Hey, we want her to perform," or do you go to them and say, "I would like to perform"? Yeah, no, I'm like for the way it works, I'm pretty sure they like will get with your manager. But okay. for me, it actually was a lot easier. I was only I think twelve when I played there for the first time, so okay. I played there a part of. Um, the Annie Moses Band, they're like a well-known band here in Nashville, just kind of all over. They book a night each year, and then they bring, um, it's like part of a like summer camp type of thing that they do, where okay. if you're chosen to be in their camp, then on that night you also get to perform with them. Uh-huh. Um, so I selected to do a solo and have like a feature moment on the Opry, so. Well, if you think about it at 12, I don't know if you really think about, oh my God, this is where Hank Sr. played, this is where, you know, mm-hmm. all these people have played, you know. Yeah, it's cool though when you're there, if you like go in the back dressing rooms, they have like all the dressing rooms, they have like the women in country um, okay. dressing room, and they have like all the pictures of everybody, so I remember I like, the song that I sang was actually a Loretta Lynn song called Minor Daughter, and I remember I was like getting ready, and there's a giant picture of Loretta next to me, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this Freak. is so cool. <laughs> Freak out. <laughs> yeah. So, you were the president of your high school's, um, FCA, which is, what is that, like Fellowship of Christian Academy or something? We had it in high school, but I don't really know. Yeah, it's Fellowship of Christian Athletes, but um, okay. there are a lot of non-athletes in it as well. What made you want to get into that? Like, are you are you like a Christian person, 
Or is it just something mm-hmm. that you just, okay. Yeah, so I've grown up in the church. Um, okay. My family's always really encouraged me to have a relationship with the Lord, and I've always felt very strongly about my faith. So I was able to, I led worship all four years of high school when I was in that group. So every Tuesday morning, we'd meet before school, and I would lead worship for, you know, the students that came. Wow. And then my junior year, um, I was able to be the president and, like, lead that group to go to events and stuff and, like, represent my high school and okay. FCA of our county. Okay, cool. So... What is something everyone should have, in your opinion, no matter the cost? Hmm. That's a hard. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a existential question. Something to have no matter the cost. I would say maybe maybe freedom. I feel like that's a very. I don't know if that's the type of answer you're looking for, but no, I feel like no, no matter the cost, freedom no. is worth anything. Anything, anything works. And the past three people have just been nailing. Like people would say, you know, oh, music, um, mm-hmm. a phone, a laptop. But like, I had one guy say, oh, yeah. I had one guy say friends, and I was like, well, explain <laughs> a little bit. He was like, well, you can give your life up for friends, and they can ruin your life. And I was like, well, good lord, look at this. And then another guy yeah. came on and was like, Jesus, and gave me this thirty-minute speech of why Jesus. And I was like. This is just brilliant <laughs> what's happening here, and you yeah. get freedom, and it's like, man. Yeah, if you don't have freedom, you can't have any of that. <laughs> that's true, that's true. So, um, I do these things, they're called mind benders. Um, it's just, that, that was a mind bender right there. It's just questions, they're tough, they make you think, um, but they're, they're also fun. And I also, I want to get back to um, some of your life as well, but I kind of want to know you. Not in a too personal stance, but in somewhat of a personal stance, if that makes sense. Yeah, awesome. All right, so celebrity crush. I, w- I want you to give me a male and a female. And I, it, okay. Okay, and it's not and not in a weird way, male and female. But <laughs> no, some people, for sure. some people may look at females like you're female. Some people may look at may, may look at a female and be like, "That's a celebrity crush because that's what I want to be like. That's what I want to generate to." Absolutely. Um, okay, let's start with male, because I'm pretty sure about this one. Okay. Um, I'm, like, a huge Office fan. Oh, I'm me too. I'm obsessed with The Office. It's my <laughs> favorite show. I think I've watched it, like, ten times through, probably. Um, and I absolutely love John Krasinski. He's, like, probably okay. my biggest celebrity crush. <laughs> okay. Did you watch the, um, he did a movie, um, um, with the, the Quiet, Quiet Place, the, the, that horror movie? Yes. I thought, yeah, I went to see that in the theaters. <laughs> I thought he was brilliant in it because we, because we, we honestly, we know him as Jim Halpert from The Office, mm-hmm. and like that's like Dwight Schrute or Rain Wilson. He's always going to be known as Dwight Schrute from The Office. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but and then John Krasinski, you're like, man, this guy. He's a good-looking guy. He's a great actor. He knows mm-hmm. what he's doing. But then when he projects with his first directorial debut and he writes the movie, and now you're like. Okay, now I see where he's going, and then now he's in talks mm-hmm. with like being a superhero in the Marvel, and I'm like, man. That <laughs> would be sick. So I have an idea. Yeah, he also did the Jack Ryan on like Amazon Prime. Like, that, series, that series looks super good. I've never seen it. <laughs> so, um, what about your female celebrity crush now? Hmm. I feel like I have because I have a lot like musically, and then I also love so many actresses. Um, but we'll say musically just because... Okay, sure. Go ahead. Um, I feel like right now, like, Casey Musgraves is just, like, killing the game. Right. So, like, everything she does, like, everything she posts or, like, anything, like, I just 
love it. So I've been like really, really into the Casey vibe recently. So we'll go with her. So have you been a fan of Casey Musgrave since the beginning? I have. I actually remember when like same trailer, different part right. came out and all that stuff. Um, and she writes a lot and does stuff with one of my favorite songwriters, who's Brandy Clark. Right. So I've always I've heard her name for a while, and then you know she did kind of get big a couple years ago, and then kind of went down for a little bit, and now just all her Golden Hour stuff is you know so huge right now. So I'm really happy for her. I think she's super talented. Right. So um, everybody knows mine, but you don't, Carly. So I'm going to give you my celebrity crush. Uh, female, without a doubt, Scarlett Johansson. I have the biggest crush on her. Um, male, I would say Ryan Reynolds. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'll give the same explanation I always give. Because the guy is so jacked. And he's a good looking mm-hmm. guy. But I think he is just like so muscular that it's like he has the determination that I'm not going to eat this piece of cake. I'm going to go over here and eat these carrot sticks. Like I think that's how mm-hmm. his mind works. And I like yeah. it. And, and, and it's hard to be that disciplined. Right, exactly. Um, so, give me a midnight snack that you enjoy, or just a snack or a food in general that you can't just have one. you got to indulge in it all. Hmm. A midnight snack. Okay, I'm. my mom has, like, started me on this thing where every night before bed, or even if it's, like, in the middle of the night, uh-huh. if I, like, wake up and I'm hungry, I'm hungry before bed, I have to have a bowl of cereal. You know, my grandma's that same exact way. She will, doesn't matter how big of a dinner she had, she yeah. will always, it'll always be a bowl of cereal before bed. I, I, yeah. remember, I remember when I was, yeah, I remember when I was little, or I don't know, probably 12 or 13, I would stay the night with her, and she would always be eating a bowl of cereal watching TV, and then mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you do? And she's like, I can't go to sleep if I don't have my, my nighttime cereal. So I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but like snacks that I can't just have one of um, hmm. I don't know you know like the well like guilty pleasure I don't keep these in my house because I would eat them all day but like one of my favorite snacks are the Cheeto like cheese puffs like okay. the puffy ones right those are so good I have to have so many of those or like cheese balls that type of a thing I could eat probably right. like a whole bag of those if I didn't stop myself Right, so so do you like the name brand or like the store brand? Like, do you like the Cheetos or do you like like a say always save from like Walmart or something like that? It's, yeah, I usually just get the Cheetos, okay. but <laughs> if it's like the cheese balls, it's usually a store brand. <laughs> because I had this conversation with someone before, um, and he was talking about how he would go and he would get like a Costco brand item, and then we got in this big conversation of how. The, the, the store brand cereal is 10 times better than the name brand cereal. So I didn't know if we were going to mm-hmm. have that, <laughs> that big agreement there. No, I've done that with Oreos, like Kroger okay. Oreos, because they're a lot cheaper than real Oreos. Um, and they definitely do taste different, but they're still good. I mean, you can't really go wrong with the idea of an Oreo. Right, so so when you, when you get an Oreo, do you eat the whole cookie, or do you, like, eat the middle out of it and then the cookie, or do you just dunk the whole thing in milk and eat it soggy? Because to me, that's the way to go. You put the thing in milk and get it soggy, and then you pull it back up and eat it. My older brother does that, but I do not do that. Um, I just eat it. Like, okay. normal. I don't eat the inside first or anything. I just eat it. <laughs> okay. Very simple. Um, <laughs> yes. So, I'm going to have to ask this to ask the next question. What is your okay. favorite movie? Maybe not of all time, but one of your favorite movies. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. 
Okay, do you have a favorite line from that movie, or do you have a favorite line from another favorite movie? Sure. Because I think Forrest Gump, that one, and possibly Shawshank Redemption, is the best of our generation, movie-wise, that we... Because it covers so much stuff, and they're like three hours long a piece, and they're just fantastic mm-hmm. movies. Especially with Tom Hanks. Like, you can't go wrong with a Tom Hanks movie. I've never I seen agree. a bad Tom Hanks movie, honestly. I don't think there is one. <laughs> Not yet, at least. But, um, line, I don't know. I don't want to be just like... I mean, obviously, like, life is a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. That's such a good line. Um... I don't know if I can think of, like, a direct quote line. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. One. I'm going to stop you there. Do you know you got the line wrong? I got it wrong? There's another line? No, it's, it's, you said life is like a box of chocolates. In reality, it's actually life was like a box of chocolates. And I don't know if you would, I know if you would actually realize that, but there's this thing that, that I, I don't believe in it, I don't think, but I, I researched it. It's called the Mandela Effect. I and, just read something about that the other day. Okay, yeah, and they said that Forrest Gump was one of those was one of those Mandela effects where, um, the line Everybody is supposed to be, life is like a box, but it actually was, and you're like, no, it's always been is, and then like more Mandela effects, like just real quickly, would be like, when I was younger, like the Berenstain Bears was a big mm-hmm. thing, but it's actually the Berenstain, not the Berenstain. Don't ask me why. I don't. It's one of those weird things, and then like. <laughs> Suppose the Curious George never had a tail. I don't ever remember him having a tail. But it mm-hmm. is. Um, no, so, so yeah, that line works. That line works. I was just trying to get it. <laughs> I just didn't know if you knew that that was actually the wasn't wasn't That's the right. Funny, yeah. So what is yep. um your 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 favorite TV show of all time? Uh, well, the Office. The Office. For sure. Yeah, would, you just said. Yeah. That. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's like such a, I don't know. I also really, really like Gilmore Girls, but I would say okay. The Office tops that. Now, let me ask you this. Since that's your favorite show, you said you watched it ten times. My favorite show of all time, it's a tie between The King of Queens and Friends for me. Um, okay. Every time, and I've seen The Office about five times, maybe six times over, but not as much mm-hmm. as I've seen The King of Queens and Friends. And for me, okay. within the first 20, 25, 30 seconds of each episode of The King, Queens, and Friends, I can tell you exactly what's going to happen, what the ending line is going to be, how everything's going to happen. I've seen it that much. Are you that way with The uh, Office? Yes, it's bad. Like, if I'm watching it with someone, I'll just, like, say all of the lines and, like, say everything that's about to happen to where, like, people don't <laughs> want to watch it with me because it's, like, I've got in the show and I'm not. <laughs> so what is your favorite Office episode? Mine would be... I don't know. I have two. Like I like when Michael Scott burns his foot on the Gary Coleman grill, yes. and I also like the fun run because I just think that was the stupidest, mm-hmm. corniest idea. Kind of carbo load. It's so funny. Um, favorite episode? It's hard. I love um, Dinner Party. I think that one's just so funny, and I love like uncomfortable comedy. Oh man! How everybody is so uncomfortable. Like that just cracks me up. So Dinner Party yeah. is like. Hilarious for that. Oh, and din- it's so cringy as well. Like, I think that's what you're meaning. Like, yes. The dinner party, that that's like an episode I can't watch. That one and like, uh-huh. what is it, Michael's Tots or something like that, where he's supposed to give yeah, the kids. Scott's Tots. Scott, oh, my <laughs> God. I can't watch. That was just like, ugh, put my head it's between so my awful. legs. Oh, man, it's rough. So, 
I'm gonna do a few more of these and go back to you and then go back to more of these. I'm trying I'm trying to find a system here. I don't wanna I'm still trying to work stuff out because I'm trying to do it different each episode. Um okay. in your opinion, what is the worst T V finale of all time? Hmm, finale. I don't, I feel like a lot of shows that I'm watching right now haven't gotten to a finale. Um, okay. I'm trying to think of, like, a show that I've watched all of it of and seen the finale. Okay. Like, for me... Honestly. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm gonna let you think. No, you're good, let me hear yours. <laughs> so, for me, my favorite TV shows... They're like the '90s. Like I love Full House and Fresh Prince and Family Matters. Mm-hmm. And all, I love all that stuff. Like that, my TV stays on TBS and TV Land. That's that's my two channels. For yeah. me, I did not like the Full House season uh, series finale. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was a waste of my nine times seeing it. Um, because they just basically ended the show. They didn't give any kind of. Because they knew the show was ending after after season eight, they said we're going one more season. Mm-hmm. They didn't give us any kind of, you know, DJ goes to college. They didn't give us no more Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky are pregnant. Uncle Joey's got a girlfriend. They didn't give us nothing. They just ended it, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a waste of my time to watch. And 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 and, and that's why I can't really watch the last season because I know it's just going to happen and upset me. Yeah, kind of abrupt. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, Full House is like my favorite. I still, when I'm home, oh, I will record Full House on our right. TV and watch it with my little sister because I think it's so good. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I might have to just agree with you on that one because <laughs> I really don't, I can't think of like one that really sticks out to me that I was just so upset with. Um, I feel like, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Worst pain ever felt. Worst pain ever felt. Um, so I have, like, a tattoo on my side, and it's kind of on my ribs, and everybody assumes that, like, that's probably the worst pain I've ever felt, Mm. but honestly, I got my nose pierced, um, I have a little sudden, I got it done a couple months ago, and that, like, without a doubt, was the most painful thing I've ever felt. So, like, when you get hit in the nose, like, on accident or on purpose, like... Your 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 whole eyes water. You 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 start to mm-hmm. cry because you just is, is that how it is like when you get your nose pierced? Yes, it's like that, but it like doesn't go away. And it, like okay. my nose hurt me for like two weeks, and I was and my parents kind of didn't really want me to get it. Like they were like partly like you know in ten years you're probably not gonna want it, but um, okay. you know so I was kind of like stubborn. And I was like no, I'm gonna get it. So I did, and I, I like it, but it just, it hurt for a long time, and it really, I was worried. I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I should listen to my parents. <laughs> L- let, me, let me ask you how a nose ring works, because I don't know. Like, I know earrings, mm-hmm. they have backs, like the back to earrings, and they twist on. Do you have to, like, go inside of your nostril and twist the thing, or does it have a twist? Yeah, so mine is a lot like an earring, actually. Like, it has a back to it, and it just, I've never actually, like, taken it out or done oh. it because I've only changed it once so like a, a tattoo like a person at a tattoo shop did it for me uh-huh. but it just like snaps in but I think it's a lot tighter than an earring because it hasn't like budged at all okay but yeah so it's like the the stud ones are pretty easy I don't know about a like a nose ring I don't know how that works because I feel like that would just fall out so easily that that's that's that, that was my point like did you just yeah, stuck just in like, there or is it like a hook in the knee I don't uh, I don't really know I mean that's why I figured I would ask yeah I think it probably is like hollow, and then one side of it goes into it. If that makes sense okay. for the like the ring, right? But not sure. So, 
your songs, they um, tell a story with a traditional country feel, but you put in there a little pop twist, which I think mm -hmm. that's kind of the main objective now in country radio. Mm -hmm. People hate on it all the time. Uh -huh. I don't hate because it's just, it has to change or people's going to get tired of it. It's going to get boring. Yeah. So what, are you trying to get the traditional country feel or are you trying to get what the country radio is putting out now or like um what's it bro country mm -hmm. yeah so i say country music is pop music now like it's you know it's just pop music with a steel guitar on it it seems like most of the time uh, but for me like it's really important with everything that i write and everything that i release like i really wanted to have those storyteller roots to it that i just that's what draws me to country music that's why I love country music because of just the honest stories that you can tell through it. Um, so that's kind of like the traditional country feel. Like I really want everything to be very honest, very like down to earth, kind of that, you know, feeling where listeners can really, really relate with everything that you're saying as an artist. Mm -hmm. um, but the pop feel, like I, I love so many types of music and I do love country music and I, you know, love that whole scene, but I definitely don't. Like, I would say I'm 100% a country artist, but I also, you know, the song I just released, that girl, I think sure. it really has, like, an indie rock type of vibe to it. Um, you uh -huh. know, it has some pop influences. Like, I really want um, to kind of have elements of every genre in it. So mm -hmm. that's kind of just, like, the current pop twist, just the idea of not necessarily only being one genre. Now, I want to make a... This is probably an unpopular opinion, but I think okay. country music gets a bad rap. Because people, when they say country, I think they're thinking of my dog ran away, I got a new truck, mm -hmm. my chick left, I'm drunk, Absolutely. I'm hungry. And honestly, there are some like that. But to yeah. me, it's the best storytelling in music, and I could be biased that there ever was. Because if you think of hip-hop, you're thinking, mm -hmm. I don't like you, I'm, 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 I'm smoking it up, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm calling everybody the N-word, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Don't get me wrong, I love hip-hop. But mm -hmm. pop, pop, they just, because I heard this thing, um, who was, I don't remember who was talking, but they said that pop music is just words that doesn't make sense with the catchy beat, and the catchy beat is what makes the song popular. I agree with that a lot. For me, when, for a pop song, I'll get a pop song stuck in my head, and I won't even know the word, it'll just be the melody that's stuck in my head. Sure. You know, like, the melodic hook that I just keep singing over and over. And then I finally learn the words, and I'm like, I've been singing the wrong words the whole time. <laughs> right. And I, but for me, I think in that pop category, I don't think Ed Sheeran falls into the right pop category. Like, people would say, mm -hmm. like I said, like, the music is catchy more than the lyrics. No, I think it's the other way around mm -hmm. for Ed Sheeran. I think his lyrics are beautiful, and they make this Absolutely. perfect story, and he just finds the perfect fit for the, for, for, mm -hmm. for the, for the words. He does. I agree completely. Ed Sheeran, his stuff is so great. And I think he's a really good example of, like, a writer that, I don't know, I think that a lot of um, artists maybe, like, try to write stuff, but when somebody's, like, a writer first and then an artist on top of that, yeah. I don't know, for me, I always think of him that way. Like, his lyrics are just great, um, and then he's able to make them, you know, really catchy and really current and, like, modern, and everybody loves them, but also, like, the story he's telling is so deeply crafted. So, tell me... What is Nash next? Because you won Nash next in 2017. Yeah, so Nash next is um, put on by Nash FM, if you've heard of that radio station. It's pretty, okay. pretty large. So they do this thing, or they did. I don't know if they did it this past year, actually. But um, it's called Nash next. So every like FM 
radio station if they choose to do it. They can host it, so I did it through my local Nash FM 1027 in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to submit like an original song. I had to do a cover of um, a cover. They give you like a list of songs, and you just submit a cover of it. And then there was also like a live performance. Um, and I like downtown area, so I did all that, and then I was chosen to be like the Central Florida winner. So then I went on to like the next round, which was I don't, I'm not sure how many artists. I want to say probably like less than a hundred, though. Like it was a smaller okay. group, and then from that, um, I think like the radio executives and they also partnered with Big Machine to put on this event. So um, like executives from Nash. Uh, Nash FM and then like Big right. Machine pick artists that then compete and so I made it to the final round before that um, but I got like interviewed like on in, uh, Twitter and stuff I did like a Q&A like through it all um, and I actually got a lot of you know good traffic going during that so I didn't make it all the way but I made it pretty far so that was cool because I think I was maybe 16 or 17 at the time so it was awesome and yeah. like, they played my song on the radio and stuff like that so it was really cool you also played Runaway Country Music Festival with um, FGL and Hootie or Darius Rucker. Um, so what? <laughs> yes, I did. What was that experience like playing playing a country festival? Because because that's kind of that's kind of a massive uh, music festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was incredible. It was so 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 fun. It was really cool to. I had never run away country used to be done in Melbourne, Florida, which is like my town. Um, and then they moved it to Kissimmee, some more like Orlando area, because it grew so large. But I had never actually even gone to it, which is crazy, um, just because it was, you know, tickets went really quick, and it was always super, super busy and everything. Right. Um, so my first time going as an artist was, it was really, really cool, and it was super surreal, and I had a lot of um, family and friends and, like, fans come out, and just to, you know, get up on, you know, decently large stage in front of a lot of people, and sing songs, and have people sing your songs back to you, and sing them with you, that was that was awesome. Like that was beyond. That was super cool. So, did you who did did you get to meet any of the guys from Florida Georgia Line or even Darius? <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to meet Darius. He kind of so he showed up in the back, like in his bus, and then I kind of stayed in his bus and then came out onto the stage. Um, uh-huh. But I did get to meet Sundance Head, um, who oh. won The Voice a couple years before. Right. He was hanging out. And he was super nice. He was really, really sweet. I had a good conversation with him. Um, so yeah, he's a one guy. That, and then um, there's a couple other people that were playing like where I was at, like the other band stuff, and they were all awesome. But yeah, the the big guys kind of came in in their tour bus and kind of hung out in that until they performed. But it was still cool. <laughs> I would honestly, I would love to meet Florida Georgia Line. But me, I would freak out meeting Darius because like mm-hmm. the cracked rearview mirror or the album from Hootie and the Blowfish that would that mm-hmm. to me that's just fantastic like I was I was I'm 21 so I wasn't born in that era of music but since I'm, okay. I'm I'm such a giant music nerd that I'm like listening to all these albums and it's like and that one is just what shaped and what was like okay this is the country guy Darius because I because mm-hmm. I knew the country guy Darius before I knew of um, the Darius from Hootie and the Blowfish so yeah um, before we get to your single, um, I'm going to talk about that last because I'm going to close with that. I'm going to play the song um, at awesome. the end of this. Um, well, 30 seconds of what I can for copyright. Um, <laughs> for sure. So, give me, wh- what are you watching on Netflix now? Are you watching anything on Netflix? Uh, what am I watching on Netflix? I just finished, I'm like, 
So the new season of 13 Reasons Why came out, and I just finished that because you know like when you start watching something and you kind of don't want to continue watching it, but you kind of have to know what happens? Yes. Like, it was like that. So I finished it, and it was, it, I mean, I don't know. Like, it is what it is. It's it's not an easy show to watch. It's definitely, like, serious topics and stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I like the first and the, I don't know. I think it could have been a one-season show, in my opinion. I think they're kind of just pulling it out into more seasons. But I just finished that, and then something that I'm, like, always watching on Netflix is Nailed It, the cooking show, like, the okay. baking show. Right. I just watch that all the time. Like, every time I just want something fun to watch, I watch that. <laughs> so, for me, a, a serious show that I couldn't watch and I had to finish it was Ozark. Um, with okay. That show is so dark. Like, it would literally put me in a mood where I just hated to be in my own head, hated to be in my own skin, and I was mm-hmm. like, I have to stop. And then finally, probably four or five months later, I was like, okay, I have two episodes. They're an hour apiece. I can split it up, watch 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there. Yeah. It, I, and I hope they don't make a third season because if they do, I'm not going to be watching. I don't care what happens. I, it's just it's just so rough that I, I just can't watch it. Mm-hmm. But... I am watching um, Mindhunter right now. I, I I'm I'm the early guy. I just started Mindhunter, um, so yeah, I've been hearing stuff about that that I should start that. So, um, see, I'm not the type of person to watch murder mysteries unless it was like Ted Bundy or or mm-hmm. the real people like that. Um, but this yeah. one this one puts puts it in perspective. Like I like this one a lot more than what like. What is on direct TV? Like the ID t- or the Investigation Discovery or something like that? Those those stupid yeah. shows? I, I think mm-hmm. this one's better because it's... files. <laughs> yeah, I hate that crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, tell me your Mount Rushmore of artists. I would say Dolly Parton. Okay. She is just amazing. She's, you know, an incredible songwriter. She is an entrepreneur. She is an incredible woman in, a woman in business. Like, she's just done so much. She's a philanthropist. I feel like to be able to, like, reach a point where you could even impact, you know, 25% of the people that she's impacted and be able to give them, you know, something to love. Like, that would just be incredible. Mm. Okay, who's your next? Because you, you, Mount Rushmore, you have four. So you have Dolly Parton. Who else is on there? I would say Carol King also. She's one of my, I'm looking, I have an album of her up on my wall, her tapestry, like vinyls, up on my wall, so I'm looking at her. Um, I love Carol King. I think she, her story's incredible, how she was able, you know, to come into songwriting at a really young age and at a time where women were just starting to really, you know, write songs and do things, and she was able to write so many hits and then also take them for herself as an artist and release them and be able to, you know, tell her story through her songs. Um, she, she's awesome, and she still continues, you know, to be mm. um, a force and an advocate and things like that. Um, third, I would say, I would say Shania Twain, just because okay. she is really, really great at, like, the pop country. Like, she really right. started to do that, um, you know, that twist back when, like, the 2000s or so, when that really started to be a thing. Sure. Um, I think she did that in a really great way. She didn't really, like... She still is very much a country artist, right, but right. she also was able to have pop music. And then, 
I would say my fourth. It's hard. I want to do. I want to do the guys. We're gonna do. Okay. Um, probably probably James Taylor. His, okay. You know, as a guitar player, I could listen to the Chandler guitar for hours. He's so talented. Um, you know, just like the melodies he'll think up and play, and also his songs. Um, I love James Taylor. He's great. I agree. Um, and I think that's why I love John Mayer so much because he has this mm-hmm. James Taylor vibe. He, that was one of his heroes, sure. and it's just so. Mine, real quick, would be um, John Mayer. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I I'm gonna have to put probably Garth on there. Okay. Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. Awesome. Um, man, I don't. Let's see. And people are gonna hate me, but I'm gonna put Eminem on there as well. I don't know, I hate you for that. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to hate that. I don't care. I'm going to put Eminem on there. To me, he was the reason. No, no he that he was the reason he, he got me into hip-hop. Like, I, I first heard mm-hmm. Cleaning Out My Closet, and I was like, whoa. You know, you yeah. know, me being six or seven, however old I was when I heard it, like, he's cleaning out his closet, man. i got to go clean out mine, not really knowing what he's talking about. <laughs> and then now you're like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have been listening to that at six. <laughs> his new stuff is good. Have you heard, like, his stuff with Logic? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, like Homicide's really good. I like that. I can that, that. <laughs> and I think it was brilliant how Eminem comes in with that chicka 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 chicka, like Jay Z, whatever so that shady. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my, I was like, good God Almighty, like just blew up yeah, the whole room. Yeah, it was insane. Now he was getting hate for what was it? Revival? The the um. Let me let me, let me look real quick because it was the pop album where he put it out with Eminem. Um, he put out a song with Ed Sheeran on it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Revival. He was getting hate on that because it wasn't Slim Shady-esque. But it was kind of mm-hmm. the more generated pop. And then he was like, you know what? Yeah. F all you guys. I'm putting out this new album. And it's going to blow up the whole thing. And Kamikaze kind of. Now and Slim Shady mm-hmm. kind of back where he's at. Yeah. I also, I don't know, like the Machine Gun Kelly, like the beef he has with him. Those, like, <laughs> the songs that they have, like, also, like, because... His, like, um, whatever song, like, Rose song, I guess, to Eminem is also pretty good, like, Machine Gun Kelly's and then Eminem's response, like, those songs are just so, like, they're good, honestly, it's crazy, but, yeah, Eminem is incredible. I I talked about that, the MGK and Eminem beef on here before, and to me, Mm -hmm. MGK was kind of, you're my hero, but you're also my enemy, and he was kind of, like, complimenting Mm -hmm. him while dissing him, and then... And then Eminem comes in there with, why are you dissing me and why are you telling me all this if I'm actually your... It was just... I wish it would have kept going because it was entertaining as crap. It was. Like, I wish... It it, was. But after Eminem put it out, MGK was like, okay, I can't fly with this guy. It's over with. I was just like, man. (laughs) So, a few more things here and um, I'm going to get off here with you um, because we're going on about 45 minutes here. Um... Do you listen to any kind of podcasts? I really, there's one that, um, I think Ross Golan is the guy who does it, and the writer is. Okay. Um, so they'll have songwriters on that talk, and I listen to that. Um, they have, like, Nicole Galleon on, and she's okay. one of my favorite songwriters. Right. Um, so I listen to that a little bit, but I really don't listen to podcasts too much. I want to. I have friends that do, like, uh-huh. every time they work out, they listen to podcasts, but I, I don't know. I have to listen to music when I'm, you know, at the gym or something, but I want right. to find time to listen to podcasts more. I listen to podcasts to learn. Like, like if uh-huh. I, like if I just want to be like, okay, this music. Because sometimes, 
biggest music nerd. I love music, but sometimes I get tired right. of music, and I'm like, I just gotta chill out and just yeah. breathe, and and that's my time to listen to podcasts. Like Joe Rogan has a fantastic one because they're like seven hours long, and they talk about different topics, and it's like just have mm. to chill out and listen to some. Um, yeah. Favorite album or albums? Because a lot of people say I can't pick a favorite album, so album mm-hmm. parentheses s, I guess you could call it. Yeah, I actually had to just do top five desert albums in one of my classes for my introduction. Um, oh, man. But I would say, yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, I would say Tapestry by Carol King, for sure. Like, just the writing on that. That's one of the first albums that I think I listened to top to bottom and, like, studied. Um, I'd also say 21 Adele. I okay. love that album. I think it's incredible. Is that uh, the one you know, with Hello on it, or is that, a, or is that her older one? No, it's one of her older ones. It's the okay. one um, with, like, Rolling in the Deep on it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't listen to Adele, so I wouldn't know. That's why I was asking. Because I knew that album. I just didn't know the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I knew that's great, too. I just think 21's, like, a classic. Um, I'd also say Clouds by Joni Mitchell. I love Joni Mitchell. I think she's, like, just one of those voices that's such, like, a breath. Like, it's so different from anything else. Just a breath of fresh air when you listen to her. Um... This one's, this one's, like, very different. But I'd say the Michael Jackson Thriller album by Mom. And she, you know, she grew up when Michael Jackson, you know, she's a teenager and Michael Jackson's, like, the biggest pop star in the world. But yeah. she loves him. So always, you know, we used to have the best of Michael Jackson in our car um, driving around when I was little. But I love his music. Crazy talented. But you can't really, um, can, can you play Michael Jackson anymore in the clubs or anything since that scandal happened? Like, like, are they are, are they know. playing it in Nashville now? Because like here, you can't really play his music on. Because they used to have this thing on MTV, like Michael Jack or something. Yeah. And just play all. And I haven't seen it lately, so I don't know if you can still talk about it. Because those guys that did yeah. that show have come out and said that their dates mm-hmm. don't match and that they've lied about some stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. The on it. Yeah, I honestly haven't heard it in a while. I don't listen to the radio station where it would come on usually. Anyway, yeah, I, that he would be good play. Um, I don't know. That's, yeah, I haven't thought about that. And then, um, did we say five? How many is that? Three? Uh, yeah, no, four. four. Okay, and then I would say, yeah, last one I'd say, um, Golden Hour, Casey Musgraves. That's okay. a good album. So, when you're in your car, are you listening to, because I'm the type of person, I will buy, like, hardcover CD only on certain mm-hmm. people like John Mayer and Justin Moore mm-hmm. and possibly Eminem. Those are the only ones that I'll really buy a hardcover CD for. So do you still buy yeah, those? Yeah, the same one. Okay, okay. I do for certain artists. Like, I have a copy of Golden Hour. Uh, I think I have a Chris Stapleton, like, CD right. that I actually bought. Because for some ones, I really want to see the liner notes. Like, I really want to know who produced it and who did all of that stuff. Um, and I'm kind of a nerd. I like to look at it oh, and yeah. stuff I- like that. You know, I'm the same way, and it's to me with a book. Like, I don't like mm-hmm. getting on a laptop and download the book. I want to go 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 to the Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, whatever the bookstore is that I'm going to, grab the hardcover mm-hmm. copy because I love to. I guess it's just the feel of it, and I like to see. You know, it was copyrighted in 2007. It was copyrighted yeah. here, or there, and I love the same thing about music because mm-hmm. if you just look up lyrics, like like let's say if you look up um, "Scarecrow in the Garden" by Chris Stapleton, you look up that lyric. They're not gonna have the 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 songwriters on there unless you go to Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and and I love mm-hmm. just seeing they'd be like, man, I didn't know Jeremy Stover wrote that song. I didn't know he did this. I didn't know mm-hmm. he did that. So I, I'm the same way with you. Sure. <clears throat> um, 
Um, let's see here. Favorite, okay, let's not do favorite song. Let's do the last song. If you were on your deathbed, what would be the last song you'd want to hear? No, I, I disagree. I, I am a sad person. <laughs> it, like, what, like I used to be the type of person, it didn't matter who put an album out in country music, I would listen to it. Or sometimes in pop, uh-huh. sometimes pop as well. And if it had only one sad song or one melody, that album was trash to me. But like now, mm-hmm. I've learned to appreciate it be like, okay, that's not really the case. That's just my taste. And it... it, it I'm just a sad person connoisseur, and mm-hmm. I would I, even if even if I'm the happiest person in the world, I'm listening to a sad John Mayer song. I'm listening to a sad Bill Withers or Ben Fold song. I'm I'm, I'm just that type of person. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I mean, Adele's Whole Twenty One is a album is a breakup album, and I love that album. So I oh, definitely can it, relate. <laughs> so is that a sad album? Yes. <laughs> oh, I might have to write that down and go listen to it. It's so good. So good. You should go listen to it. All right. Last thing here, I'm going to get to your. Um, we're going to get to your song. Um, mm-hmm. I always do this because I'm. It's called the Hodgepodge Podcast. I like, I like going everywhere because Hodgepodge variety of sorts of stuff. So I I, I am into mm-hmm. the paranormal and all that stuff. Okay. Do you have a ghost story or do you have anything? that has happened to you you can't explain if not that's perfectly fine I don't think I have this happened to me but um, my freshman dorm that I was in everybody said was like haunted so that was a thing I never experienced anything but like people would say that they like I don't know that their doors would like slam or like okay. things like that or like things would be moved and stuff like that um, no I'm not I don't I don't think that I don't know I'm not like someone that's obsessed with ghosts or anything, but I do believe in the supernatural, right. so, you know, but I don't have a ghost or anything, so if I did, I don't know what I'd do. It's probably just like the lights off, so I don't... Okay. Um, who are your heroes? Like, for me, doing this podcast, Bobby Bones <laughs> is my number one hero, my mentor. Obviously, I got Howard mm-hmm. Stern in there, and um, Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. and he's a wrestler, but he also does a podcast, and he's also a rock and roller, and... Those three have taught me one simple thing. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do more than one thing if you put your mind to it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, because Bobby Bones is like, I want to do this radio thing, but I also want to be a comedian. I also want to be this TV host. And Howard Stern was, was I want to mm-hmm. host this thing, and I can. And Chris Jericho was like, I could do a wrestler and, and do rock and roll and also do a podcast and also host a radio show, whatever I want to do. And it was kind of like, put that positivity in and be like I can do this I can also write some stand up comedy on the side I can also you know start a start a company up start a podcast company and grow these podcasts wide so what about you I, I know that was a long winded question and, and stupid for me for talking like that but 
Um, no, you're good. Who were your heroes? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, a lot of the artists that I mentioned, Chennai, Dwayne, Carol King, those right. people um, are huge, huge heroes for me. Dolly Parton, her whole story. Um, but someone that I actually just, they came to my school and talked uh, like a week or so ago was Ashton McBride. I don't know if you've oh, heard of Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she came and talked, and her story was awesome. You know, she uh, moved to Nashville, and she'd been living here for, I want to say, like 12 or 13 years before she got signed and had a song that did anything, and you know, I heard, like, the, the some saying that, like, the person that wins is whoever, you know, quits last, doesn't, you know, doesn't give up, and I feel like that's just, that's, she's a great example of that, because it is really easy to say, oh, I'll give myself, you know, three years after college, and if I don't make it, then I'm done, and, you know, that's just kind of, you don't know the timing, you don't know when it's going to happen for you, so, you, you know, you can't give up, and she's a really great story of that, so it's really cool to hear her just talk on that, um, and she's doing great. Like, her song's like, Girl Going Nowhere, that song. Like, it just makes you cry, kind of, when you think about having people tell you, you know, it's never going to happen, and then you look out, and there's not an empty season of people coming to see you. Like, right. that, I don't know, that, you know, chills almost. Like, that's incredible. So do you, when, when you said that Ashton McBride thing, <clears throat> do you have a backup plan? Because for me, I don't want a backup plan, because I know if I have a backup plan, I'm not going to try as hard as I would try if I don't mm-hmm. have one. To, to make this podcast bigger yeah. than, because, because it's not that big but I want it bigger and better and if I think Absolutely. If, if I had a medical degree behind me I'd be like okay I could just do this as a hobby and if I want to quit uh-huh. I can quit because I have money coming in I don't I don't want that I don't want that security I want the the the, the fear of if I stop mm-hmm. this then nothing's going to happen absolutely yeah I think there are people that thrive on that like you said um, for me you know I'm getting it you know, a bachelor's in administration, a business degree. It's music business, but it is business. Um, I've always been not like an intellectual, but I do love school. I love learning. Uh, I've taken a lot of law classes since I've been here, and I've really fallen in love with all of them. So right now I'm actually considering going to law school after I graduate, which, you know, is kind of crazy because if I'm in law school full-time, it will be hard to continue with music, but I think if anybody could do it, I can, and I don't, you know, I don't see why I can't have a law degree and be a songwriter and an artist um, if that's something that I'm passionate about, and it is, so I think I would love to practice entertainment law for a little bit of my life, but I think I will always want to be a songwriter, I'll always want to hopefully put out music, I'll always want to play venues, Um, so I don't know if it's, I don't don't view it as a backup plan, I just view it as I have a lot of different things that I love, and I don't want to close the door on any of them, you know? Absolutely. Um, So... Before we talk about that girl, go ahead and give your plugs. Uh, you have Instagram or anything you have coming up because I took 55 minutes of your time, which I'm very grateful awesome, for. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, you're good. Yep. Instagram is at Carly Tuttle, C-A-R-L-I-T-U-T-T-L-E. Twitter is the same, at Carly Tuttle. Facebook is Carly Ann Tuttle. Um, my website actually just went live yesterday. It's CarlyAnnTuttle.com. Um that's most of it but yeah if you go on Spotify Carly and Tuttle on Apple Music iTunes Carly and Tuttle all that alright now the moment we've all been waiting for <laughs> uh, <laughs> that girl new single is out now talk about yes. it and I will play it at the end of this podcast awesome yeah so this song it started with the if you listen to it the first little bit of it is just uh, you know it's a guitar hook it's like 
Arista, picking it, and it started with that, and then I didn't know what type of song it was going to be, but I had been playing that for like a week, and I was like, okay, I really need to put lyrics on this. Um, sure. And for me, an idea that I had, and I just think it's something that we hear a lot, and that I heard a lot, whether it be in high school or I still hear it in college, is, you know, people are talking or gossiping or whatever, and you just hear them say, did you hear about that girl? Yeah. And it's like, no, what are you talking about? And then they, you know, proceed to tell you a story about a girl that got, you know, screwed over, for lack of a better term, by her boyfriend, or he was, like, cheating on her this whole time, and she never knew, and, like, everybody else knew, and they were talking about it, and just, I've seen that happen, like, multiple times to people, so I was like, that could really be a song, like, that girl, and just the idea of, like, I don't want to be that girl, so it's not, it's not, like, a revenge song, it's not anything, it's just, like, a very, you know, telling somebody, like, I don't want to be that girl that everybody talks about when you, you know, decide that you're not really into this. Right. Um, so yeah, and then like the first line is, you know, I don't want to pick your phone up just to see her name, and that's kind of like that feeling of seeing something or finding something out that you didn't want to know, and then it's just like, that feeling just like straight in your gut, you know? Sure. Um, and so like being cheated on, like I have never been cheated on, I'm actually in like an incredible relationship right now, but um, you know, just the idea that I think it's easy to write a song about that feeling, because we all can take small feelings that we felt and kind of like dramatize them into this song but also know that so many people have felt that way so I think it's a really relatable song uh, I'm really like I love it like it's one of my favorite songs I've ever written so I'm really excited that I got to record it this summer um, at House of David Studio in Nashville on Music Row um, I had some friends that I go to school with that are musicians play on it um, and I've worked with an awesome producer and I'm just so so excited about it alright Carly appreciate you doing this for me um we're gonna go over right now and we're gonna play that girl from Carly Tuttle. I don't wanna pick your phone up just to see her name. I don't wanna dive in so deep if it's all a game. I don't wanna be the one who gets their heart. Just to watch you walk away Without a second This podcast is brought to you by Hodgepodge Productions. Enjoy and frown this.